Welcome to Working Matters. This is Carl Edwards. Join the conversation on the web at boldenterprises.com. Well, we are here in week four now of a great discussion on technology change and whether these are great new tools or obstacles that are complicating our lives and making it hard to get work done. I'm joined here with George Rosas, my technology guru, podcast producer, and software developer. Welcome, George. It's good to be here. I wear a lot of hats, Carl. I'm starting to figure this out. You do, and I'm intimidated. (laughs) That's why you're here. Hey, we have been working through change and helping people just think well on whether to upgrade, get the latest new thing. And today, I think we get into one of those most maddening of all. I call it a database hell. And that's just because there is so much information out there. And now we have access to it all. And managers are going nuts. Yeah, one of the sort of interesting developments of the computer age and how much faster these computers keep getting is that we can now examine data from almost any angle. We can map it geographically. We can flip it inside out. We can do anything with data nowadays. And I'm uh, excited to hear about this topic, Carl, because I think a lot of companies spend entirely too much time playing around with their data. I think the rhetorical question of the hour is, is if you're examining your data from all those angles, when are you doing anything else? Because there's just that much. But we need some way to sift that and sort through that. You know, on the other hand, you've used the phrase that data is our friend as well, and it's an ally to have it available. Yeah, we wouldn't want to make the case that data is not valuable. We can absolutely say that there are lots of corporations out there that have really redefined the way companies work based on how good their data collection has been and things they're able to do. You know, someone picks an item off the shelf and scans it in at their register when they pay for it. And automatically, all the way down the line, people know that an item has been purchased, where it was purchased, and that it's time to restock. So some of these things are very exciting, but it can also be a very dangerous use of our time if we're not careful with over-evaluating every single piece of information that comes across the screen. How many times has an accounting department lost invaluable weeks Printing reports sorted one way, then another, and selection criteria, multiple levels and dimensions, and never even knowing what the management's trying to decide to begin with. Well, let's dig into this. We've got a couple different things going on here. And what I like to help clients with is switch the focus from databases and data being what's going to be key here to decision-making. Decision-making is the topic, I believe, when it comes to data and helping people decide what decision they're trying to make and hone in on that and be able to articulate that. How many times in your work when people are asking you to structure their data a certain way for them, do they ever tell you what decision they're trying to make? That's a good point, Carl, because I think a lot of times people expect an epiphany from the amount of data coming Mm -hmm. through. They expect the questions and answers to appear out of the data. And I like this approach that you're taking here because I think that it's a better use of our time, as you say, to come up with the piece of information you're searching for and then figure out and devise a strategy to extract it from the information that you have. Well, let's break it down into three groups of people. What I want to call the three experts in the decision-making process. There's the data itself and uh, the efficient storage and making it accessible. And for that, I think your technology team are your authorities and you want them to have as much latitude and as much input into databases and 
what's going on as possible. But how you actually work with data, you know, that really has to be handed over to the people who are doing the day-to-day processing. An accounts payable process takes place a certain way, and their access to the data and the tools available, I would recommend be structured according to how they do their work, not according to how the data is being stored. And then ultimately, when that, as we were just referring to, as that data is being used, the decision makers, as they are clear and able to articulate what decision they're trying to make, then we can look at what reports would be meaningful from which to extract all this data. And so you've got the decision makers, you've got the people doing work and and living out the functions of the business, and then you've got your technology team. And they're all key. They're key at different places. So what we're saying, Carl, is that maybe we want the technology folks in your company to be able to get the data for you but that they shouldn't necessarily be there to define what you're looking for. Exactly. One of the traps I keep running into is a data solution that I have asked for. The technology people have done all these great ideas to collect the data maybe efficiently, to collect it, um, organize it you know, efficiently. And then when I want access to it, their solutions are such that it's stored in such a way that I don't have access to it the way I want because of those other decisions that they had made. And I didn't really need it to be a little bit faster. And I didn't really need it to be stored a little more efficiently because from my experience on the computer, I wouldn't be able to tell the difference. I really needed to be able to compare things that they didn't know I would need to be able to compare. You know, the kind of the difference between the old-fashioned flat two-dimensional database and the more complex relational databases and, you know, how you would set something up about what information relates to whom or what process really has to do with the business function. Now, but let me push back to you at the other end of the extreme. You got the other nightmare is the uh, leader who keeps coming in and saying, I want to see it from this direction, and now I want to see it from that direction. How do you push back as a expert when they believe that they know what they're looking for, and they come and tell you what report they need next, and they cycle through maybe dozens of <laughs> alternatives? We in the IT world, a lot of us uh, may be characterized as data geeks. We enjoy sifting through information and we take a sort of recreational attitude to seeing how best we can pull data and redefine it and help to examine it. But you're right, Carl, a lot of times we get asked to do things that not only can be very complicated, but that may need to be done over and over again. And we've had solutions in the past where we give the power and control over to the end user. So maybe it's someone in marketing, maybe it's uh, someone in management. There are tools available to give to these folks to be able to create their own reports based on what criteria they're looking for. Although I will tell you that going with the theme that we're running with today, that's probably not a great idea. I think that it should be there to provide what these businesses are looking for, but maybe sometimes we need to re-examine all of this data collection. And you know, in keeping with our theme here today, Carl, what exactly are you looking for and who is going to define that? And that's where I think we get back to these roles and that we are a team. And so what I want people to think seriously about is if you're a decision maker, if you're in management and leadership, you limit your role into trying to become crystal clear on what decision you're trying to make. The better you can articulate what you're trying to decide and do, that will give your, your team, your, 
your operational team, be they your accountants or be they your sales team, be they your administrative staff, the information they need to go and look for what information and how to present it to you that will actually answer your question. They're your experts on that. That's their, their specialty is the processes of your business. Now, as well as that group can be in conversation with your technology team, best they can articulate what sort of report or information they're trying to present, sift through, sort, and select, then your technology team who understands how that data is stored and saved and ways that it can be compared and is accessible can get that for you. And so that's the conversation I want to just start get buzzing in companies is not to take over each other's roles or because you know a little about technology or a little about reports that you assume you know what report you're looking for as a manager. And then at the other end of the spectrum, make things infinitely available isn't a service either. It's really this conversation about practices and what you're looking for. And sometimes the IT department can help to a certain extent. For example, if we've acquired a new technology as part of an upgrade or as part of a new purchase in software, perhaps that allows us to look at data in a new way. You know, it's okay to maybe make a presentation about what these new capabilities are. But, you know, really to the technology people, I think we would say, leave it at that. Let people run with that. IT people do sometimes tend to want to dictate the way people use their tools. And so, you know, maybe we should uh, discourage that. (laughs) Well, part of it is just different vocabularies, too. I was at a client recently, and the head of accounting was describing with enthusiasm the new features that the a big software transition was going to have for the management team. But he was using the vocabulary of the features, and that held no interest at all to these managers. It just sounded like more accounting codes and more work and making everything more complex. And it was really more of a communication problem because their issue, I believe, is decisions and decision-making. And if he could have used language to describe how this transition was going to help them make better decisions and provide the specific perspectives that it was going to add that they would be able to think through what's going on, they would probably have been as enthusiastic as he was about the transition. And so sometimes we're just in different worlds and we aren't communicating with each other's vocabulary. Now, Carl, what would you say to perhaps a startup or a small team who doesn't have the infrastructure to make decisions in this way? Well, that's a great question and a very common scenario. There I would just erase from your mind, you know, the different hierarchy and the teams and just use the three words, decisions, processes, and structures. So your task to yourself as you're thinking about how to structure your database and set up the interface and what reports are worth printing One, like the manager, you're trying to be clear on what decisions you're trying to make. That will inform your reports and how you want to look at the information. All you want is enough to make the decision. You don't need to know perfectly. You don't need to know everything. You just need enough to make the decision. And that's your management challenge. It's all of our management challenge. When's enough to make the decision? That's where you stop. Now, processes, you think about processes, that's how you want to set up your interface. It's how you're going to go about your work. And you don't want to give yourself a process where you have to jump through seven hoops before you get to the part of the interface where you can actually input the simple little catch-up message. Say you were in sales and you were just talked to a client and you had to go through seven steps before you could write the little note of the conversation that day. 
you know, you've actually set up a process that's cumbersome, even though that would keep track of more data for you. And then finally, structure. That's how, you know, you're just deciding which database will serve you best and whether you need something super simple, like a spreadsheet, then go with a spreadsheet and keep it simple and two-dimensional and go in and fill it in. If your data is more complex, you might be looking at more like a relational database where it gives you a lot of control over the interface setup, like FileMaker or access. And then finally, if you got really complex data and vast quantities of it, and the relationships between different things are on multiple dimensions, you know, you're looking at a more custom complex solution, maybe with a Oracle substructure and getting yourself a custom solution. And so that your data is there available for those other two things. So that's what I would say structure, that's where your data process, how you do your work, and decisions, what you ultimately need to act on and keep moving on. Well, thank you. I think we need to cut it off there, though. We could go on and on with each other about this stuff. We're pushing each other's buttons on this, and it's good. We hope we're pushing your buttons, too. And come onto the web where I am writing about these things during the week and engage with me on boldenterprises.com and our blog there. Thank you for joining us. Next week is our final week. We're going to jump into communication and the tidal wave of options out there now being accessible 24-7. Hey, George, thanks for a great conversation. Anytime, Carl, anytime. We'll see you all next week. This podcast is a Bold Enterprises production.